Hey, it's your pal Fingers. Join me and Tony October 7th at the Mississinawa Cigar Company in Gas City for Grant County's Best Barbecue Showdown. It will be a day filled with cigars, bourbon, and great barbecue smoked by some of the best amateur pitmasters in central Indiana. We will be there signing copies of our book, Let's Go Barbecue and raising money for Twin City We Care. That is a fabulous nonprofit that helps families in need during the Christmas season. Doors open at noon. The tasting starts at 2 on Saturday, October 7th at the Mississinawa Cigar Company, 1038 East Main Street in Gas City, Indiana. For more information on this great event, check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Cigars. Hope to see you there. It is fall, Fingers Malloy, or as some people call it, autumn. And to celebrate, to mark the turning of the leaves, which soon will be raked up by children everywhere who are like, Dad, why do we have to do this? And Dad's saying, be quiet, I'm smoking my cigar. We are smoking the Avo Seasons Autumn. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The people at Avo had a, uh, a series of these. They started quite a few months ago with the spring. It was the Avo uh, Spring, Avo Seasons Spring, I believe it was. And then it was the Avo Seasons Summer, Fingers Malloy. It was the summer. And now, and now we're into the, the autumn. autumn. They call it the autumn. autumn. They don't call it fall. Yeah, that makes sense. You grew up calling it fall, though, right? Oh, well, I always called it autumn. Did you? Oh, all the time. Mother's and Malloy was uh, very... By the way, mothers. I, mothers. I pluralized her. I had three. Uh, <laughs> God bless them all. And, uh, no, you actually made me have flashbacks to when uh, Fingers Malloy Sr. would make me go out and rake the leaves, and it was terrible. I raked every leaf there possibly was. I still haven't forgiven my father, and I won't. It's not the plan. That's our therapy session for the day. This is an absolutely beautiful looking cigar. This is a diademus, which means it, the, at the cap end where you cut, it's a point. And at the foot where you light, it also comes down to a point. This is a six and five eighths by 50, which means it's six and five eighths inches long. T-E. Always makes fingers more I laugh. And the ring gauge is a 50. That's the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. T-E. Again, with the laughter. Now, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. It really is a beautiful shape. And, and a lot of these shapes go back into the history of cigar rolling, uh, trying to create differences, styles of regions, things like that. What I like about this, this, this Diademus, is that you actually have to work a little bit to get the cigar to open up. And then it slowly, very slowly, will taper back down. So you have this more intense draw because of how the cap is, you have this work you have to do to get the foot to really open up. And it's just, it creates a different experience. It shouldn't be difficult, but it should be noticeable. It shouldn't be something that you work at to enjoy it. If, if, if you have to work for it, then you've, you've lost, the, the cigar's lost the plot, right? If you have to overly work for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very, very smart point. If, if it's painful... That's not the purpose. Nobody made a cigar, designed a cigar, so you would be in great pain. That's just, that's just maybe the North Koreans. That's it. That's not the, that's not the point. But as, as a style, it is beautiful. And the fact that it's something different, because they only do this once a quarter, they do this for every season now, it, it should feel uh, like it's different. But it is this beautiful Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper, Dominican in the binder and the filler, 
that is a little oily, a little velvety, but you still feel parts of the wrapper. You can still see the leaf. It is an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous piece. It is, and feels really good in the hand. Good hand feel. May- maybe a tad light, but but a not- touch, a scotch. Yeah, uh, 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 a percentage. S- smidge? A smidge. Look at you with the Yiddish. I don't think that's Yiddish. Have- a smidge too light. That's yeah, correct. But we just lit this, and uh, on the light, I'm getting just a... Uh, a mild bit of pepper, but what's what's weird about it is it for oh. me it intensifies uh, on the palate uh, after your draw and stays there for for a little while. There's a a, a wood note uh, and uh, and tobacco for me. I'm not really getting any sweet uh, sweetness off the cigar at this point, but we just lit it first. I I did get some sweetness off it, but I would refer to it as a nutty. Right off off the bat, it's a sweet nutty. It's a Mexican San Andreas, so it's going to be a little chocolatey, a little ch- coffee, just from uh, the the nature. I think with with Avo and the Dominican, that I'm not knowing exactly where uh, they're using it from. You have a real chance to build up some spice, but that spice is going to be wonderfully blunted or or complemented by some of that natural sweetness of the of the Mexican San Andreas. Uh, I'm already, I've already gotten through what that, that diadema's uh, shape is and how it's mm-hmm. opened up. And we cut shallow on the cap end. Even though it comes to a point almost like a torpedo, we cut it shallow. So it is a little more intense. But that draw is sensational. It is. Uh, that that pepper, for me, I've, I've, I've sat my cigar down for a good minute and it intensified as, as it like sat. Like right there in the tip, middle tip yeah, of the tongue? Yeah, yeah. No, you're not crazy, man. I think that's exactly where it is, but I, I don't think that's pepper. Whatever that spice is, um, it's it's not it's not intense. It's not thundering. It is it is subtly there, and almost like in, in the inhale, you don't feel it. It's then when you're sitting, like you were talking about, you put the cigar down. That's when it starts to mix with everything else in the palate. Remember what you're doing. You're toasting your palate. You're not inhaling. So the, the, the smoke, the flavor is everywhere in the palate. These things will mix together from different places. And that's actually pretty kind of amazing that that, that happens. So that, that, that little bit of spice, we'll, we'll call it a faint pepper, um, doesn't, doesn't hit in, in when, you're, when you're bringing it into the palate. Yeah. It hits almost on the exhale. It hits as the palate rests, which I think is pretty cool. Now, we went with a straight cut. People you ask me all the time, you know, you, what made you not do a V-cut on this? I trust Avo enough that I didn't need more intensity. We're not talking something that's just, you know, off the beaten path. We're not talking about something brand new. We're talking about a legacy name. Mm-hmm. And if I can't trust them with a straight cut that they said to me, okay, here are the levels of intensity, depending on how far down the cap you're going to go. You choose, but trust us. I didn't need to dig into it. A V-cut would have cut directly in. You would lose less cigar, but you would have created much more strength to, uh, to, to bring it into the draw, and I just didn't think that was necessary. Probably not a fair question for me to ask. I'll ask it anyway. Percentage-wise, how often would you say you actually do a V-cut? Lately, never. In my early days, in my middle days of smoking cigars... When I lived in Tampa, when I really, when I lived in California, when I really started 
building an understanding of, hey, this is something I could be interested in, I would V-cut. Mm-hmm. Over the past, I would argue, five years, I have not V-cut at all. I have not done a V-cut except for rare, maybe some rare moments when we started the podcast. Yeah. That just, but just for the show. I haven't done a V-cut on my own in years. It's just that I've, it's not where I need to be. It's not where I want to be. I even find myself right now, I mean, you go through phases with cigars, wanting a little less intense, a little less strong. I was sharing a story earlier that I, had for a, a conference, picked up some uh, My Father's, The Judge. Yeah. Wonderful cigar, but they were Robusto. They were punching me in the face. Since when does my father do that? It's a wonderful cigar, by the way. Uh, we should we should do it on the show. Uh-huh. But I had never done it in the Robusto size. It could be it was, that form factor wasn't working for me. I want something a little easier. Right now, this is playing nice Just in curious, that medium what, plus. What, what made you decide to get the, the Robusto? It's what they had available. Oh, okay. It wasn't that, conscious. No, nope, just what they had uh, available. From Avo, the seasons, they do this once a quarter uh, to go along with the seasons. This is the autumn. The six and five eighths by 50. We will get into the price and whether or not this is in our humidor. You want to get your notebook out and you want to be writing down your flavors on this cigar. We'll tell you how to do that. Find everything we do at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and Let's Go Barbecue is the season, people. Let's Go BBQ, available at Amazon.com. It is our second book. Let's Go Bourbon was the first. Let's Go Barbecue is the second. What fingers, Malloy? I made the most incredible pulled pork over the weekend. The most incredible? The most incredible pulled pork over the week. 15 hours on the smoker. 15 hours. Cherry wood, just salt, pepper, garlic rub. Uh, about eight hours in when it got to be 140, uh, 145 internal temperature, I put it in a tin pan, covered it with butter and brown sugar, let it cook, uh, get to 200 degrees. Magnificent. Did you just do a little chef's kiss right yes. there? Is that what that was? One more time. There it is. Magnificent. Did you bring any for me to try? Uh, I would have, but I ate the whole thing. Nothing left. There's nothing left. Not even a little remnant from the pan. Nothing. Not I even licked a little, the pan. I even like to put it in, the, in between the cheek and gum. Look at me. Do I look like I would leave any pork behind? You, you did not. You did not. Smoking the Avo Seasons. This is the autumn, the latest release. From Avo, there's the spring, there's the summer. This is the autumn right here. Get out your notebooks. Write down what you ate today. Write down what you drank today. What is the weather? Starting to get that fall weather. It's been just a little bit of warm-up here in Indianapolis, Indiana, as we record at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. They're in Houston. They're in Pittsburgh. They're here in Indianapolis. And so the weather will affect your palate, will affect how things taste, and then take the cigar. Break it up into thirds in your mind. The first third, the second third, the final third. What are the flavors that you get from it? Write that down in your notebook. Then... Go back to it a couple months later, smoke it again, write down the notes, compare them. See what it is that was was uh, kind of like uh, the same to you. What was similar, that's the through line. That's what you're getting out of the cigar. Yeah, for me, you know, uh, originally I said wood. 
Uh, I can see where you're saying it's more of a, a, a nuttiness. Uh, that whatever that spice is, that that pepper, uh, it's kind of dissipated for me. Uh, it's just been a wonderful smoke so far. Yeah, uh, this is a this is a nice nice piece. The question is, fingers Malloy, is this in your humidor at eighteen dollars a stick? Yes, if I could find it, uh, I'm a maybe. <laughs> I'm a maybe. $18 is... I, I got to tell you, does this ever happen to you where, you know, it's... To me, if you would have said $15 a stick, it's a definite yes. But when you get into these limited edition seasonal cigars, do you do you get sucked in a little bit to where you'd be like, you'll pay a little bit more just because you know it's scarce? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes. But I, I sometimes go the, the other way with that. Uh, I don't want to, and it's not going to be in my humidor if I can't get it all, all the time, if I'm not going to just jump out and buy a box. Yeah. I don't know where I am yet uh, with with this. I'm not 100% sure what it is that is, is going to move me deeply. I thought it started off beautifully. I'm only in the first third of this cigar. Let me get through it. Uh, hopefully by the end, I'll have an idea of the, if this is in my humidor or not. But it's time, Fingers Malloy. For news of the week, Tony, I am continued to be shocked at what happens in California, especially when it comes to prices. Uh, and we're going to talk right now about the price of a gallon of gasoline. Los Angeles, uh, the average gas price has topped six dollars a gallon. It's the first time since it's topped six dollars since October of last year. You lived in California. I did live in. Can California. you paint a picture for the folks who don't live in California, who've never lived in California, just how much it costs to live in California? The weirdest thing, I mean, and I was there nine years ago, mm-hmm. um, and, and gas prices were expensive. Here, what was weird, I was in the Los Angeles area. In Southern California, the housing is impossible. And in Southern California, the, the um, gas prices are high. And over the past nine years, the taxes, the other regulations have become ridiculously onerous, and they already were bad. And this is just awful what we're seeing. But a lot of your activities are free. Mm. You want to hike, it's free. You want to go to the beach, parking, but it's free. There's no beach fee? The, no beach tax? No, no, oddly, oddly, oddly. Uh, at least there wasn't when I was there. Um, it, it, there, there, was, uh, there, there were just an unlimited number of things you could do. Living in the Midwest, as you and I do, in winter... Uh, if you want to do something, you want to leave the house, you're going to a building, and that building has an entrance fee. Uh-huh. No matter what it is, you're paying. If you got two kids, three kids, one kid, whatever, you're going to pay something. That's what's going to happen. And so there's a trade-off in that cost. That said, I'm much happier living in the Midwest. Oh, dear Lord, I'm never going back to California. I may go back for a visit, but that visit will be short. It is such a shame. I... Listen, I've only been to California once. It was to uh, to a conference that I went to in San Diego. It was absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. But I looked around and I thought to myself, I could never afford to live here. Uh, you see some of those those uh, homes were, or the, the, those shows on uh, cable networks where they're flipping houses or you know people are looking for homes and they're competing uh, with other couples for bids. And it'll be in Southern California, 
And, uh, you know, they'll say, this is a 1,200-square-foot ranch. $1.3 million. You're like, jeez, you know. Holy cow, how do people live out there? So when I was out there, I attempted to buy a home, and it it didn't work out. And I'm I'm better off because it didn't. But I, I always felt bad because I had this wonderful realtor, and it was super helpful. And I just, I, it just couldn't come together. And I always felt awful of, about that. The home was, for me, beyond dream in terms of I, I like the ranch style, had the pool. It overlooked a valley and then a mountain, and I'm a mountain guy. I don't need beaches. I, I, water is nice. Mountains, Give me mountains, and I'm done. I'm finished. And that's why I live in Indiana, because of the mountains. Yeah. Fingers on my way. But when I was trying to buy it, and that house was crazy expensive, then you realized that it wasn't even your job to figure out how you were going to afford the house. The mortgage company had to figure out how you were going to afford the house. (laughs) How else were they going to give out mortgages? So it was that constant, oh, they'll work away. Well, maybe that working away created its own issues. But that was always my take, that people... They, they figured it out for you. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. You know who can afford to live in California? Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch announced that he will step down as chairman of his company's Fox Corporation and News Corp. Uh, Tony, he's 92 years old. What What do you think his legacy is? Could have gone another five years. <laughs> he could have gone another five years. What is his legacy? Do you think he waited this long because he was worried about his retirement income? I think so. I think he was. I think he was concerned. Um, I, I think that he waited this long because he didn't have to think about anything, right? For the Murdochs, it's a family business. What I take from it is that he he gets to say he created something. He created. An entire business, a world, a thought process, a philosophy. He created a, 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 not a business, but an entity that changed the course. And very few people get to say that. Very few people can engage that. What he and Roger Ailes did, and remember what Roger Ailes, I don't care what your politics are. What Roger Ailes did in the creation of Fox News, specifically naming it Fox News, so you always had to refer to it as news. That was part of the... Of the, of the programming, of the reason. It's, it's unbelievable. Un- unmatched. You could say Ted Turner did X regarding CNN. I don't think it's as big of a impact as Fox News, although one could argue when CNN was really a news organization, the stuff they did regarding the Iraq war and other things was, you never, you never saw it that up close and personal before. But Murdoch's legacy in creating something that literally changed the course, I mean, that's real. That's real. He gets to take that home with him. So, I don't have his money. Tennessee whiskey, from what I'm told by Chris Stapleton, it is super smooth. Super duper smooth. Like, you're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. You're as sweet as strawberry wine. Thank you. You are welcome. Tea Drink Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Chris Stapleton now coming out with his own bourbon, Traveler Whiskey, it's going to be called, and it's coming through Buffalo Trace. So he's doing this in Kentucky, not doing this in Tennessee. Bottled at 90 proof. 
is what it's going to be. Now, wait a second. They're calling it a whiskey. So is it not a bourbon? Remember, all bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. Bourbon has rules to it. 51% corn. For example, in the mash bill, you can find out all about this in our book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. I'm not saying that this is going to be a bad product. It's Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Respect. Respect it. Um, but this does a little bit seem like a, a gimmick. He has done things with Buffalo Trace. He's donated um, to, uh, to uh, fundraisers that have raised money, buying, buying uh, bottles, things like that. Seems a little, a little a bit, a scotch, a smidge, like, like, a, like a gimmick. Are you saying it's a little crusty the clownish? Is it is it a little like say if Jimmy Buffett had come out with a Margaritaville blender? Is is that what you're saying? Is, if Jimmy Buffett had come out with a Margaritaville blender, I would have believed it. He did. I, did he really? Yes. I didn't know that. It's three hundred bucks. Was it? Yeah. I hear it made great margaritas. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not I mean when it comes out, we'll try it because we try everything. We do it for you, Eat Drink Smoke Nation. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. I'm just I, I, I like him. I can listen to that man's voice absolutely all day. Are we aren't we a little surprised that it isn't Tennessee whiskey? Shouldn't it be like Uncle Chris Stapleton's Tennessee whiskey and tonic? Shouldn't shouldn't that be what it is? <laughs> what? <laughs> shouldn't it be Uncle Chris Stapleton's Chris- Tennessee magic elixir? <laughs> It'll cure what ails you. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not rushing to the store on this one. And I like Buffalo Trace. I think the, some of the work they do is just wonderful. I mean, they are, they are the staple in a liquor cabinet. Buffalo Trace is a staple. Maybe I'll be surprised. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly, I don't know what it's going to taste like. I'll let, I'll let my palate decide. Well. But off the, off the cuff, off the, off the first. According to Buffalo Trace, they describe the brand uh, it will have notes of oak, maple, currant, and leather. First of all, currant is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, these are fine flavors. You know when I'll know? When we sip it right here on Eat, Drink, Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Fingers Malloy. Yes. You ever notice that every time you walk into the studio, I look like I'm about to throw up? Yeah, but I, I just figured it was because uh, you, you maybe had uh, some bad pulled pork not made by me. Yeah, well, I didn't have any made by you. That's part of the problem. The people at HackSpirit.com have a list. And you know how we love a list. Eight body language signs that someone is unhappy to see you. Number one on the list, they pull a gun. <laughs> that's, that's a sure sign. That's a sure. And number two on the list is puking. These are our sure Wait, signs. They vomit on their gun? They vomit directly directly onto their piece, or as the kids say, their gat. Oh, nice. That's what they say. Uh, number one on this list that someone is unhappy to see you, they're slow to smile. That's not 100% true. Sometimes it could be a mood. Sometimes it's them, not you. So if you're reading into that part, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that either because there are some people who just don't smile. Yes. Some people have the resting face. What kind of resting face it's are you a special referring? resting face. Uh, could you please elaborate? No, bitch, I can't. <laughs> can, uh, can you say that on the air? We're about to find <laughs> out. 
Be sure to send your complaints to fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We'll see. We'll see if it gets bleeped in post. <laughs> By the way, in the world of podcasts, we are the tamest thing ever. Oh, but Lord. we also do radio, and there are rules. Yes. It's why people do podcasts. No rules. Can I share something with you? Please share something with me. So I, w- I was at this radio conference, and they were discussing how when it comes to YouTube videos and other things, if you don't grab people in the first three seconds, they are gone. Sure. They are gone. But you and I both have listened to podcasts where the hosts start with an absolute rambling that goes on for three and a half minutes yeah. of just how was your weekend and how, oh, look, there's Tommy. I remember when Tommy did this, a little inside joke, waka, waka, waka. Everybody's Fozzie Bear at the moment. If you'll notice, the way we, we, the way we start the show, the way we do uh, the, the, the pieces, we start with the thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, that's the radio training. It's certainly different than, than, than the podcast world. It's the, it's the radio training coming in. But you have to grab people. The data is clear. You could see the drop of, like, nope, I'm not doing this. Not interested. So why is it that I know that there are podcasts that do that three minutes of waka, 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 uh, and, and oh, the traffic, oh, it was so bad. And they do great. Yeah, I don't get it either because, you know, you, you talk to people who are into podcasts, and they say, well, they like the long-form format, the conversation. Uh, if you're from the radio world, like you said, in radio, what you do you, you got 11 seconds, don't you, before people decide they're going to uh, change the station on you? Uh, it's actually less than that now, but that's correct. Uh, so it's this whole thing where you see people who are doing podcasts, but they're also doing YouTube videos of the show. And like you said, it'll be uh, that opening conversation or my favorite, the two minute long theme song before the podcast. Oh. Where it's like, what, what are you doing here? Good Lord. I think ours is too long. <laughs> and we're just like a drum track coming. Three in. seconds of drums. Should we have an intro? I'm not doing this right now. Number two on the list. <laughs> See, that's the kind of crap nobody wants to hear. I almost, I almost fell for it. Almost fell for it. Number two, about how you know somebody is totally not interested and unhappy to see you. Their feet or body is turned away. Now, that's true. That is very true. People who are engaged have their feet pointed towards each other. Or if they've crossed their legs, the leg is crossed towards the person that they're speaking with. If it's away, they're a little more standoffish. Or if it's me, I'm just not comfortable the other way around. But that is true about where your feet are. If you're talking to their back. Oh, they're probably not interested in speaking with you. I guess that depends on where you are. See, there we go again. What? What? What's number three? They show micro expressions. How am I supposed to tell? Are, are, can I, I, I? Let me interrupt here. I, I need to ask this con, uh, this, this question. Uh, do you actually look at people when you talk to them? I do. Oh wow! I do. I always prefer a meeting over a phone call. I want to see how people react. I want to see their expressions. See, I'm not usually paying too much attention to, to people's faces when we're having a conversation because most of the time, I wish I were somewhere else. What I do not understand are the people who can't pick up on the social cues yeah, and be like, ooh, I'm bothering this person. Maybe I'll stop talking. They're so enamored with their own voice. They're so enamored. Like somehow they're so entertaining and so thrilling. It's all about them. They don't even know the other person exists. Yeah, especially say at a grocery store, you run into someone that you know and they're walking away from you and you're continuing the conversation. When it's clear, they're walking away. They want this conversation to end. That's when you need to stop talking. 
My, four is number number four is my favorite, which is uh, they scan the environment. Now this happens a lot. I notice you and I do a lot of uh, work uh, going to conferences in Washington D.C. When you talk to Washington D.C. people, Ugh. that is a thing with the D.C. crowd, and it's it's. You know, first I thought it was just me, but I talked to, to other people, and I'm sure you've noticed it too. Where all they're doing is they're scanning the room to look for the next person that they need to talk to. If there's somebody more important they should be talking to, they have to leave you. Yes, and immediately go. Oh, I hate the work in DC. <laughs> I, I, I I I used to love the city. Used to live there. It's it's much dirtier now. But those conferences and everything else. Uh. Ugh. And I know that people go to those conferences, listen to this show. I think it's good that they know that, ugh, <laughs> oh, we couldn't think less of you if we wanted to. And the cigar conferences are much better. Oh, they're so much better. A cigar conference is gold. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. To this day, I do not know if it's pronounced Davis County or Davies County. I do not have the answer to the question, Fingers Malloy. I think it's Dave. I don't... I don't think that's what it. I don't think it's what it is, Dave. Either way, we've done some of their work before. They have a bourbon finished in French oak casks that I know that we have reviewed. This is just the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy from Lux Road Distillers. It is the Davies, or is it Davis County Straight? bourbon whiskey coming in at 96 proof fingers away so close to 100 oh. yet so incredibly uh, far we have done uh, a, a few things from the people over at Lux Row they have been putting out more and more over the over over the years if if you will uh, got this bottle from a uh, from a friend and said try this out actually got a couple of the Davis or is it Davies County's uh, bottles and wanted to give this a go because I've been still trying to find what is something that really fits the idea of classic bourbon. That caramel, that vanilla, that oak. What will satisfy the itch? Because, uh, look, there are great bourbons out there of all different kinds, high rye and all sorts of things, weeded, etc. I'm looking for a classic. And I will tell you, last week we did a review of the Old Granddad? Yes, 114. The Old Granddad 114, and the response was just wonderful. Oh, that's terrific. Oh, that is great. Oh, that is classic. All of those things. I want to find more of that. I want to find things that work in this world of ever-increasing prices. I want to find things that actually can work at the affordable range. I'm not afraid to spend fingers. You've known me a long time. Yeah. I, w- I will write, Daddy will write the check. Yeah. And I am Daddy in this conversation. Uh, but I want something that works. And so we're giving this a go. I feel like I'm pulling you to the dark side of the value side of the show. Because I was, I've was i always been the value guy. You've always been money shmoney. Money shmoney. I cannot bring myself to accept the fact that in order to have a good bottle of bourbon, you got to spend sixty two ninety five. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with that. It's not that I won't spend $62.95. It's that I want to know that the $39.95 bottle is out there. And I want to know that it, it provides a value because there's a reason for that. Not everything has to be this insanely expensive or, my God, how much am I pulling out for this kind of thing. I just, I don't want it. I don't want to be around it. I want something better. 
Have you ever said money shmoney, by the way? Have I said money shmoney? What day is it? This 96 uh, proof, as we said, and it is, it's a very, very honey, uh, a little pale honey uh, color to it as we have it in the Glen Cairn glass. That's that glass of foot, bows out, comes back in, really get a look at it in the light, really put your nose right in there. And the nose is a little more on that classic style, but I will admit it's also a little bit light. There's a little bit of oak. There's a little bit of orange citrus going on. Yeah. It, it, it ain't bad. It's actually super easy. It doesn't bother at, 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 at all. There's some ethanol in it. Uh, but, a touch, yeah, yeah, if you really but, dig deep. But you, you really have to search for everything on this, don't you? You have to really put your nose in the glass to pick up the notes. Yeah, it is not wafting out. It is not enveloping you. You got to... You got to pay attention. You got to you got to dig in uh, on, on this. Uh, I uh, I am hoping that this is the answer. I'm looking for an answer. Fingers Malloy, this is the Davis or is it Davies County Straight Bourbon Whiskey? D A V I E S S. You tell me how it's pronounced. Davis or Davies? Fingers, you ready for this? Well, first of all, my nickname in college was the answer. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been ready for this all week. He is going in, ladies and gentlemen. He is doing what we call the Kentucky Chew. That is moving the bourbon around the palate, really getting a feel for it. Sometimes you want to take two sips. The first to set the palate, the second to really get uh, the flavors out of it. What do you got, Fingers Boy? There's a slight sting on the tongue. Uh, no real burn in the chest, no warmth in the chest, and it's because, as Tony has said on several occasions, apparently I'm dead inside. Not apparently. Uh, there is uh, that honey, that citrus, uh, well, at least the citrus that we, we got on the nose. There's a little bit of honey and some oak. Uh, that's what I'm getting out of this. By the way, it's, it's, Dave, it's Davis. It's Davis County. I figured it out. You did? Wikipedia. <sighs> can I call it Dave? You can. Okay, good. Dave County. You, you can. <laughs> They'll get angry. They called you Thumbs Malloy. Would you be happy? They probably already have. All right. So I'm going in with the Davis County a Straight Bourbon Whiskey 96 Proof from Lux Row Distillers. Here I go. It's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Saginaw Swish. The Memphis Munch. Wait a second. Wait a tick. He's doing the Louisville lip. Okay. I drank that too fast. Hey! Ha! Oh! Oh! It burns. Ladies and gentlemen, he's doing what uh, Dennis Leary used to refer to as the old man whiskey face. (laughs) I am, I am, I am Smeagol at this moment. (laughs) It burns the precious. Um, Did it go down the wrong tube? Uh, No, it went down the right one. Um, That is way fruitier than I thought it would be by a hundred percent. Wow. Um, the, 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 the orange mm-hmm. is really there. It kind of finishes with, with a little bit of almost, almost creamsicle, like vanilla ice cream kind of thing on, on, on the finish. I can see that. It's, there's a little bit of spice that hits the middle tongue and kind of lingers. I would love to have more oak in that. 
That is, if you're looking for sweeter bourbon, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll that do the trick. Um, I, I there, There's no doubt I'm going to move this to a cube. There's just no doubt I'm going to move it to a cube. But that's, that is a nice flavor that is not, tra- that's not the traditional I'm looking for. Right. Right. So there's a difference between the two things. That is a nice flavor. Definitely a sweeter, sweeter play. Uh, there's also, there is a little bit of heat that hits center chest. I shouldn't say, a little bit more than a little bit. Surprising amount of heat that hit the, the, the center chest. Not overwhelming. Um, but I'd want more oak. I want more oak. Uh, for me, I do like a sweeter bourbon, but I usually like to lean more towards a, a caramel uh, or a vanilla. And to me, this, 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 it's honey. Uh, and citrus. Yeah, on uh, yes, uh, on the palate, uh, the the finish gets a little, a little bit of that vanilla cream as I'm discussing. Yeah, here. but I dig it. I I, I dig it. It's uh, definitely something that, in my mind, if you see this at your local lounge, you need to you need to give it a try and let us know at eatdrinksmokeshow.com what you think of it. Now the question is, fingers Malloy, is this in your liquor cabinet? At well, see, now it gets different. Depends on where you go. $40 a bottle. That's tough. If you would have said $30, I'm all in. Uh, I'd find it at my local lounge. I'm going to move it to a cube and then make my decision from there. Davis County bourbon whiskey. That's what we're drinking. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. For those of you who don't know, Fingers Malloy is a stickler for etiquette. I eat with these hands and these hands alone. Especially when it comes to eating. The man knows which fork to use, which spoon to use. He knows how to properly dab his the corners of his mouth. He knows what a finger bowl is. Utensils. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, in newsrooms across America. They call him Johnny Good News. That's so true. America's happy hour anchorman. Is that what they call you? That and Mr. Etiquette. That's what they call him. Came across a story from a... Uh, from a woman by the name of Jane Withers. And she teaches classes about dining etiquette to children and adults. But she teaches them in Florida. So Lord only knows. <laughs> Sorry, WDBO. Wow. Sorry, Orlando. Where can folks get a hold of you? Where can they send an electronic mail? Uh, they can get send that to you. fingers at eatdrinkasmokeshow.com. I, I, you know, Florida takes... They take such garbage. They take such absolute crap and we have glorious affiliates in in florida wonderful glorious mm-hmm. fine people wdbo mm-hmm. and wyoo there in panama city mm-hmm. I, I i i want you to know i want you to know fingers made me say it i just want you all to know that i love florida this dining etiquette the things that she learned uh, uh on how to uh handle uh, uh things right how to properly do do things how to properly teach people how to properly share she learned that there are some common mistakes like for example leaving dirty silverware on the table instead of the plate that's a thing well if you're done with the fork you don't put the fork back on the table you put it on the plate and if a restaurant is worth its salt they're replacing your fork or replacing your spoon or knife or, or whatever it, it, it is. When they're like, well, can you take the fork? Well, that's just weird. I just ate with that fork. Now you want me to put the fork on the table. You don't serve the food on the table. You serve the food on a plate on the table. So why can't you just get me another fork? 
That's a good question. My question is, what happens if you know, say uh, you are eating your meal and you're finishing up and you're with, say, your significant other and you know you're going to order a piece of cake. There's a good, that you're going to share with with your significant other. There's a good possibility that they will only bring uh, one fork with the cake. So you order two forks. You say, uh, I'm going to take a piece of the chocolate cake, uh, two forks. You know what I like about you, Tony? You make the complex simple. That's what I do. Two forks. You've never said we're going to take a piece of this, four forks. Well, no, because I usually eat the the piece of cake with my bare hand. I don't. I don't actually do that. You're you're, you're special. Uh, then there is uh, whether or not to use the knife for butter or where to place the knife when using the fork. Like for example, uh, when, when, you know when you're cutting. Like how do you do that? And then how do you move the hands and things like that? Etiquette matters. There is a way things are done. Now, some of these things are to a level of personal preference. Allow me to share with you what is not personal preference. Allow me to explain to Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation, nay, America, what is absolutely unacceptable and should be responded to when seen with derision and possibly a beating. Go on. The fork, Fingers Malloy, fits in the crux of the thumb and the pointer finger. Then in then uh, through the uh, pointer finger and 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 the and the, the middle finger. Am I holding it right? Yeah, I think I am. I'm getting all confused. Right? Is there a diagram? You do not make a fist <laughs> to hold a fork. If you hold your fork with a fist, as if you're somehow shoveling it into your mouth, like you're eating or, mac and cheese and you're eight, it, like, overhand or underhand. <laughs> if you do that, ladies, ladies. Never sleep with a man who does that. Ever, ever, wow. ever. Your children will grow up to be terrible, terrible people. Wow. And you oh seem very pa- you seem very passionate about this. This Ray, happens this happens often? You ask my children what happened. You ask my kids from the age of four how many times I corrected them. But you see adults doing this? I see adults doing it all the time. I physically cannot eat. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. You're tapping out. Sickened out of my mind. And for the people like Tony, you're being ridiculous. You're the enemy. If you think I'm being ridiculous, chances are you think Vladimir Putin's cool. Can I open up a can of worms here? By the way, that was pretty rough. I apologize. (laughs) May I open up a can of worms here? I only wish you would. When it comes to a dress code on airplanes, I believe I have been completely vindicated this week. Because you, if you can, bring up John Fetterman, I'm going to rage. You can now go on the Senate floor wearing a mesh tank top and Zubaz pants, and there's no problem whatsoever with that. So if you can do that on the United States Senate floor, you can get on a Spirit Airlines plane with a Harley Davidson t-shirt and shorts, and you should not hear any grief whatsoever from your traveling companion. Senator Malloy, let me explain to you why you're mistaken. <laughs> Uh, it's true. Uh, Chuck Schumer, who is the Senate Majority Leader, leader of the Democrats in the Senate, changed the dress code, relaxed the dress code. And this is all about Senator John Fetterman from Pennsylvania. This is all about the fact that he's only comfortable in hoodies and shorts. And that basically, today, as we're recording, or the first day, I should say, that he went on the floor, he's wearing like this short sleeve shirt, buttoned down all sloppy and shorts and sneakers, and he went on the Senate floor like that. It's not okay. <laughs> I don't care. Shut up. 
You shut your mouth. I don't care about people's politics. It's wrong. You got to dress the part. It matters. It's respect. It isn't okay. And you can tell me about John Fetterman's problems with the stroke and everything else. The man shouldn't be in the Senate. I'll say that clearly. He had a stroke and it's clear he's not okay. Why doesn't anybody love this man enough to stop it already? And there's no knowing whether or not he actually understands the legislation in front of him. I mean, this is a real issue. But to change the rules because he's more comfortable is madness. It's ridiculous. The whole world should now be treated as though you're walking into a Planet Fitness and you can dress accordingly. This makes me happy. I'm so happy right now. So I don't want to hear it anymore. If I get on a Spirit What are you wearing right now? What are you wearing right now? I am wearing a short sleeve shirt uh, made by uh, the fine folks uh, Shaquille O'Neal and his fashion line came out with this shirt. I'm wearing khaki pants, and I'm wearing uh, Asics tennis shoes. Right, and, and I'm wearing a tuxedo with tails <laughs> because I understand how to dress for a radio show podcast. You, I don't even know what's happening. It's wrong, fingers. This is not debate we're having. The people who grab their fork like that are wrong. Fetterman being able to wear that on the sediment, on the Senate floor, Senator Fetterman being able to wear that is wrong. I hope. Just say the words. I hope tomorrow. Uh, they have a macaroni and cheese dinner on the Senate floor, and Senator Fetterman <laughs> walks in with his spork, and he puts it in his hand the way you don't like it, and he starts shoveling the food in his mouth and then gets on an airplane just like that. That will make my, that will make my day. It will make my week. It will make my month. Standards matter. And admittedly, I will say on the etiquette side, these things do matter. We'll put the etiquette story up at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. It does. How you present yourself, how you handle yourself, a level of respect not only for yourself, but for those around you. Why is this idea that, oh, he has to be comfortable or somebody has to be comfortable is, is more important? It's not. It is a breakdown of society. And this isn't a joke. This isn't cute fingers. Oh, let me have this my is, fun. I'm going to rage. <laughs> this is a serious issue. Especially the pork thing. That's just disgusting. Got so wrapped up in talking cigars and bourbon, we forgot, Fingers Malloy, what we do around here at Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. What do we do around here? We talk cigars and bourbon. Oh. And food. I forgot. Grilling, smoking, barbecue, sometimes a little sous vide. We can be fancy. Okay. So. Seriously? Sous vide set you off? I saw someone cook a chuck steak the other day. Uh, and uh, by the way, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. And uh, Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> this was interesting. They cooked it uh, with sous vide for 24 hours. Because a chuck steak has a lot of flavor, but it can also be a, a tough cut of meat when it comes to a steak. Uh, you know, uh, But it's got a lot of flavor. That's why people will be ground it. You know, grind it up and you can make ground chuck, you know. Right. Uh, in a sous vide for 24 hours, I think at 135 degrees. Right. And then took it out, slapped it on the grill, and apparently it was ridiculously tender. So, first things first, that's taking a reverse sear to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Sous vide is that method of cooking in a vacuum sealed bag. In, in, a, in a water bath. So sous vide is, is French uh, for, what is it, French for under the vacuum? Uh, I've, I've, under vacuum, I believe, is, is, is the proper terminology. 
Um, so that's what it is, and if you you're keeping the water at this constant temperature, it almost looks like a it, it looks like a rod that that goes into the water bath, and it keeps things at a certain temperature. Sometimes moving the water around a little bit, and so the the food in the bag, which is of course not exposed to the water, is cooking, and then adding it to the grill for the char and things like that. As you would do a reverse sear, where you mm-hmm. take steaks, you cook them for a couple hours at a, a hundred and whatever. And then turn it up to 500, 600 degrees, get, that get the sear marks, and, and be done. I know people who rave, rave about sous vide. A chuck steak. Yeah. I got to I gotta think after 24 hours, you, you've broken down enough of that to really make it work. It makes me feel like at that point you could, you could actually tear the steak apart like, like a piece of paper. You could rip the steak. It would be so tender. So I found that interesting, but I don't know if I have the patience for a 24-hour cook on a steak. So, by the way, chuck steak, if you didn't know, comes from uh, the, the shoulder of the cow. If you, go, if you get our book, Let's Go Barbecue, Let's Go BBQ at Amazon.com, you'll learn about it. And since the shoulder moves a lot, it, it, it's a tougher piece of meat. So you really got to give that time to, to break down to be able to get that tenderness. It's worth a shot. And it, we were talking about, we were going to get into some of the pricing things going on. Mm-hmm. When, when you go into a supermarket, the meat's crazy expensive. Yeah. You got to find ways to, to rethink it. You got to find ways to make the cheaper cuts work for you. And that always involves marinade mm-hmm. and time. Because yeah. in, in, in the end, what you're trying to do is break down the cheaper cuts of meat because they're tougher cuts of meat. And find ways to break them down to be able to be palatable and then and then get the flavor out of them. And that's why, and, I, and by the way, this show should apparently be sponsored by pulled pork this week. Mm. Uh, that's why pulled pork is so great, because it's not very expensive to buy. I, I think I actually spent more money on charcoal <laughs> than I did on, on the pork. It was a pork butt, right? Yes. And you just got it from any supermarket? Yeah, I did. I think How many spent, pounds was it? I think it was eight. Eight to ten, I can't remember now. And it was about 15 bucks. And then I went through about $15 worth of charcoal. Did you? Yeah. So, but it turned out great. 15 hours is like, I mean, I'm not an hour a pound on pork. I, what I did, you talked earlier about how you need to experiment and try new things. I actually took two different methods from two different, uh, very popular barbecue YouTube channels. How to to barbecue right, where he uh, just put the rub on, didn't spritz, didn't do anything, just let it. Stay on the grill. Didn't spritz. No, didn't spritz. Huh. Uh, and then I used uh, what uh, the fine folks at uh, Meat Church on YouTube. What they do? What they're he does, serious dudes. Yeah, uh, put it in the uh, pan, uh, tin pan with uh, butter and uh, brown sugar. Covered it and continued to let it cook. And I was ha- I got the photos of it over at uh, my Instagram. Fingers Malloy, follow me there. Uh, and I did do a reel over at uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke, the Instagram there. And uh, the smoke ring turned out, it was it was amazing. It was some of the best pulled pork I've ever made. But, uh, you know, it's a cheap cut of meat. I mean, $15 for, what, 10 pounds? Uh, you, know, you know, so that's one of those cuts when you're, you're looking for uh, a bargain to be able to feed your family for three or four days. Uh Pulled pork is a great, a great option. 
Yeah, and the Meat Church guys are talking about 700,000 subscribers yeah. on YouTube. It's it's very, very cool. We, we Fingers recommends go check out some of their videos and what they do. Uh, but it, 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 the, the financial situation, we were talking about just really quick, that the interest rates are not going to be going down. The mortgage rates in some places are topping 8%. And what is super strange is that home values have not gone down. Yeah. There are less homes for sale because people are like, well, forget it. We can't buy anything, so we're not selling. But some people have to sell, and there are people buying at these still higher prices and at 7 75 and 8% interest rates. And that is taking opportunity away from other financial opportunities. It's it's all rough. And, and as, we're, as we're talking about with the bourbon, we're talking about with the cigars, it's, it, the price is becoming more and more of a focus, man, and, and it's it's unavoidable. And that's where things like what you're talking about, what you did with the pork, the Chuck's Day conversation, you got to rethink everything. Yeah. And you got to rethink, you got to be spending some time to learn how to make these things because uh, your, your, your family wants to eat. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a delicate dance, like you said, between you, you want value, but then you also have to experiment and be willing to maybe screw up <laughs> when you're when you're smoking or when you are grilling meat because you you, you will screw up if you're willing to take risks. It's it, it is if you learn anything from us, it's that one. Risks mu- must be taken in order to get to a result. But it's time, fingers Malloy, for news of the week. How about a retro kind of story for you, Tony? Suing McDonald's for coffee that's too hot. Stop it. It's happening again, this time in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco location of McDonald's is being accused of serving a scalding cup hot scalding hot cup of joe with an improperly attached lid resulting in severe burns to the plaintiff Mabel Childress. Mabel is a seasoned citizen. Uh, It caused her severe burns Uh, as she tried to drink, and then she asked for help, and she claims that the restaurant uh, would not help her uh, with her situation. So she's suing McDonald's. Tony, remember the time when you would go to McDonald's and there wouldn't be a warning label on your hot cup of coffee? I don't... I check the lid on everything. I check the lid on my coffee. I check the lid on ice cream. I check the lid... uh, uh, Make it stop, fingers. But you are not. I'm. I'm. You know. I, I don't want to assume this woman's age. They just said that she's a senior citizen, and her name is Mabel. This could be someone in their 80s who, you know, just grabbed the coffee, assumed that she was getting her coffee from one a would skilled coffee that, technician. One would assume that she has been to McDonald's enough times and is old enough to know to check the coffee. Um, I'm sorry. You know what? I now I'm dead inside. Maybe she took a bite of her fish fillet. And she thought she was distracted by her fish fillet. Did she do this in her car? She had a fish fillet and a coffee in her car? I'm making the fish fillet thing up. She is, my God, she's a brave woman. You think it was a Sanka? I don't think that's what they serve. They don't serve Sanka? All I know is I have a fish fillet and a coffee. There better be a lot of bathrooms nearby. Quickly, is there an update on your McDonald's ashtray that you were bidding on last week? Uh, no, but I do have two retro Playboy Club ashtrays waiting for me in my mailbox right now. <laughs> nice. That's what happened. The Davis County bourbon, $40 a bottle. You got to try it for yourself. Is $40 going to work 
for the flavor it brings. And this Avo Seasons Autumn, it's a lovely smoke. $18 a stick. It's right in that question spot. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.